0: Good morning, man. We're so glad you guys are here. Welcome to Hope Church, number one. Welcome if you've been coming for a while. Welcome to week one of our brand new series called "At the Movies." At the movies. And so, what we'll do over the next five weeks is we're going to be showing you guys some of the movies that are in the theaters today, or that are in the theater, or just came out of theaters, or are about to come out, or just came out, and we're going to be talking through some principles that we see. Through life that we can kind of glean from just watching the movies, and um, I'm up here. I'm kind of you can't see, but I'm really laughing on the inside because we're drinking soda, popping soda cans, and eating popcorn in church, and it's just funny to me. It's the first time we've ever done this. I love it. I love hearing those kids go, and so um, as long as it's Coke, we're good, you know, in church. And so, man, we're really glad that you guys are here today. I've got some friends that I met last year uh, as we were raising money and. And and speaking out of churches, letting people know about a church. I met some friends um, from Scotland, from Scotland, and uh, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve of them, all the way from Scotland. Can we give them a hand saying for welcome them today to coming out to hope? Um, they uh, they came the furthest for church today, so they deserve a hand clap. You know what I'm saying? And so, man, we're really really glad that you guys are here today. And man, we're just uh, when I met them, I could just tell they had a sweet spirit. And I've been watching them all on social media over the last year. We're friend-requesting them, and I'm seeing them grow up and get licenses and have fun and just watching their life um, from, on, through social media. And so, man, I'm really, really glad that you guys are here today. And um, I'm just there's, some, there's, um, there's just a bunch of you guys in here today that I'm just glad you guys are here today. If you're brand new to Hope Church, we want you to know this, that you're welcomed and wanted here today. You're welcomed and wanted here today. And we also want you to know that you're loved and you're liked. You're loved and you're like, and we're just really, really glad that you're here today. And uh, we've got Jeannie back with us today, and I love when Jeannie comes and leads worship with us. So, we are in this series called At the Movies. How many of you guys saw the first Independence Day back in 96? Like, way back. Yeah. That dates some of us, you know what I'm saying? Um, I was just getting into high school, so if that makes you feel old, I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, that was back in 96, and I, it's so weird to me that they've 20 years later, this movie is back out again, and I got to go see the movie. This has been my favorite sermon prep ever. Uh, and I was like, are you ready for your message? I'm like, I have to go watch the movie, hon. I, I have to, you know. And so I didn't even know there was a movie theater um, in Winter Garden, um, but the West Orange Cinema, it's a, it's a, I went there and I got to watch Chairs a little bit of a recliner. And so we don't have reclining seats this month. Um, but if you want to lean back a little bit, you're, it's, you're more than welcome to. And um, I, love, I love that movie. And, and obviously between, from 1996 to 2016, all of the... Um, all of the things have changed. The, 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 the picture looks better. The quality's better. The acting is still good. But in 1996, aliens invaded the earth. Not really, just in the movie Independence Day. That was in 1996. Aliens invaded the earth, and the president at that time de, de, decides, Here, here's how we're going to attack these guys. Here's how we're going to go after them. Here's where we're going to have to go in. And we're going to have to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And we can... And, and my and my bro was in that movie. Will Smith was in that movie also. And uh, it was such a good movie back in 90, 1996. But 20 years later, later the aliens are back, and they defeated them back then. And 20 years later, the aliens come back, and they're bigger, and they're faster, and they're stronger, and there's they've got more of them. And it looks like it's it's no good. And they dissolved. They 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 decided to plan. And in this movie, Will Smith, his son is in this movie, and. Um, and there's the president of the um, of United States of America back in 1996 in the movie. His daughter is a part of the team. These guys, kids that survived this first in, 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 um, interaction in 1996, they're back in 2016. Their kids are now leading the charge. And, um, and so I don't want to spoil all the movie for you. I, I'm, I don't, I'm not like a big movie person. I could tell you what happens, but here's what I want you to know. You can go see the movie and find out what happens. But if you want to know what happens, just ask me and I'll tell you, okay? I have no problem telling you. I don't want to spoil it for some of you guys that are going to see it. If you have a Bible, flip over to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, we can see all these phrases that you guys just saw on the screen. We can see these things play out in the Bible, actually. And here's what I want you to know. This sounds so, it may sound like a stretch to you, but if you watch TV and you watch movies or if you just go through life, you can always find God moments, if you go through life, and you look close enough, and you listen and you listen clearly enough, and you get enough distractions out of your life, you can see God moments. I think everything happens for a reason. And so when you read this, when you watch the story, and you watch those phrases pop out, you heard all of them in the movie. I'm going to use two or three of them today to kind of drive home some principles that we see in our text today. So if you have a Bible, Mark chapter 4, there's a story in the Bible um, that, I love the, that I love a lot, and um, and, and, I, I'm, and it's the story of Jesus, and it's a story of him out on the water, and it's a story with the disciples. They're actually in the boat, and they get, and one of the disciples, he's lucky enough to get out of the boat and walk on water, and Jesus meets him there. I'm not going to walk through that story today, but we've seen that story before. We've, I think we've talked to it as a community. But there's another time where Jesus is out in the middle of an ocean in a boat with the same exact group of guys. Now historians tell us this, that a a boat can hold about 12 to 13 people back in those days. And so there's about 12 or 13 people in this boat here. It's the disciples and it's Jesus in this story. And in the last story where Jesus walks on water, it's the disciples and it was one less person. And then at one point it became two less people because Jesus was on water and then Peter got out of the boat and Peter walked out on water with Jesus. And I want to take this moment today and and talk about a storm for just a moment. That's what America was going through back in 1996 and in 2016 in this movie Independence Day. I I wrote down this phrase, all hell was breaking loose. Things were terrible. Things were not going good. The economy, there was about to be no economy. Uh, Money, didn't matter how much money you had because the world was falling into into pieces. I love that phrase in there. He, He said about the aliens, they like to take out the landmarks, don't they? But they were going after everything, destroying it and and, and tearing it apart. And they they actually make land. And this huge battle scene happens in in this 2016 uh, version of this movie. And, man, it is crazy. And it's high intense. And it's one of those movies where your anxiety is kind of pouncing or kind of your your chest is beating. And that's the same kind of moment that the disciples find themselves in this passage of Scripture in Mark chapter 4. There's a storm. And it's raging. And the winds are... The winds are going crazy. This week I went to the science center with my kids, and you can get in this little little uh, case thing, um, and the wind goes 78 miles per hour. I thought I would've, it would have blew my little skinny behind around, but it didn't. I was just, just, I guess I'm just tougher than I thought I was. I was just like, you, can't got, you ain't got nothing on me. And so, um, but it was blowing around like crazy, and that's what the disciples were going through. And the water was going up and over the boat. It was in the boat at that point, and, and they got their buckets, and they're bailing water out. I mean, they're trying to survive. They're not trying to make it. They're not trying to get to the other side. They're trying not to die. I think a lot of times in our, in our Christian walk and even as on the daily walk, we're just trying not to die. We're trying to make it. We're trying to, we're trying to survive. We're trying to make, trying to make ends meet. We're trying to make things work. We're trying not to, trying not to go under. Trying to pay the bills. We're Trying to do life. We're trying to keep things together. We're trying to get our kids to, to do the right thing. We're trying to get our family to go in the right direction. We're working our bottoms off. But it seems like everything is going crazy, and that's what we find ourselves in Mark chapter four. If you came and say you got a worship guide, it looks like this. Inside, if you want to take some notes, um, you're more than welcome to. A lady came last week, and I said, "Hey, um, did you get that worship guide?" I said, "Because our our contact information is on there. If you have any questions, you can email the church." And she goes, "Oh yes, yes, I covered that whole entire bulletin with notes. We don't give you much space, but I think this is about taking notes. If you take some notes, you, you may not be in a storm right now, but you may." Your storm may be coming. Or maybe just come out of a storm, and you can say, oh, I can relate with everything that he just said because I just came out of a storm. Or I'm about to go into a storm, or I can use this for one of my friends on social media to help them walk through their storm. Or at coffee, help them walk through their storm. But one more guest too. My friend Carl's here today, and love him. Glad he's here today. He's a truck driver. I've been begging him, me and Patty. I don't know if Patty, you are, but I'm begging him to come back. I'm like, quit driving all the time, and so. But someone's got to pay the bills. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, keep driving, bro. Keep trucking. Uh, Mark chapter four, uh, verse thirty-five, New Living Translation. If you're using an, an app, if not, it'll be on the the big screens. Mark chapter four, verse thirty-five. As evening came. Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side. Let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat, and they started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. You'd be following Jesus as well. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on the cushion the disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you even care? We're going to drown. So we see here in this story, there's a storm and it's raging. And Jesus is taking a nap. Like, why isn't Jesus wide awake? He's Jesus. Why does he even need to take a nap? Because this is the Jesus. And this is the, in the, in the New Testament, we see Jesus walk this earth and Jesus was both God and he was both man in the New Testament. So he's walking the earth. He's taking a nap because he's tired. He, he He's sleepy. He, he, he's, work, he's working his bottom off. He's working hard, but he's sleeping hard, too. And so he's taking a nap, and the, the boys are like, oh, man, this is not good. And I think probably like you and like me, if, if you're honest and you're today, you probably try to fix your own problems before you ever go to God. Just nod your head. That's most of us. God, I got this. I'm in a financial crisis, God, but I don't need your help. I'll, if I get desperate, I'll call you. Relationally, things are not going the way I thought they would go, God. And so if you could just let me fix this, let me, give it, let me try it first. Uh, we set up this every single week, and, and uh, we've it's it's amazing how God's blessed us. We went from one team, one setup team to two set teams, and now we're on on four set teams. So we got a bunch of new people putting stuff up, and honestly, it's different every week. It's close, but it's different, and it's you know, and I and I and I and I and I've, I've been tasked with being being the pastor of the church, and but I let everyone else be in charge. I really don't care, and you know, I'll be honest with you. When I come around, they know I'm going to give my opinion, and none of them even listen to me anymore. They're like, nine months, we don't care, bro. Get out of the way. And uh, they're like, you just do the speaking, and we'll do the work, you know, and just get out of the way. And so, but they're like, we're, we got this. Don't worry about it. And I think in this story, they're like, Jesus, we got this. If you can just stay right there, we'll call you when we need you. And it was all good because he was sleeping, so he, it, he wasn't even he wasn't even worried. There was one time I went on out on a boat in, in, in Miami. I went I went to this boat show, and my father-in-law says, "Hey, we're gonna go out on this boat," and um and and Derek was there and. And Dustin was there, and Justin, and, and, and Pastor Dave's brother. And we're on this boat, and it's a, it's a twin-engine, huge, big boat that goes out 10 miles offshore. And he's like, the guy says, it was a test drive. The guy says, hey, do you want to open this thing up? you want to see how fast it can go? And I'm like, yeah, that would be awesome. I'm like, yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, man, what happened next was unlike anything I've experienced. I was, I was squeezing that thing so tight that my dark skin turned light. And it was my knuckles were white. I was squeezing on for dear life, and the disciples were doing that. They're like, "Oh, we are not going to make it. This could be our last day." They're probably praying prayers that they never even thought they'd be praying. Oh God, if you're there, you know I'm there. I'm actually sleeping next to you on the other end of the boat. And mm. they are panicking like crazy. And the next part of the story, they go to wake Jesus up, which is a good idea when you get to your wits end. And Jesus does You know what I like about Jesus? He's so loving. He doesn't even mind being your last option. Isn't, have you ever thought about that before? Because let's be honest, sometimes he's our last option. Like, and once you become a believer, you're like, oh, he's my first option. You know, Jesus I always put Jesus first. It's easy to say that, but a lot of times he's our last option. And Jesus, is, he loves us so much, he doesn't even mind being fifth place. He's like, when you're done trying that, if you, I'm, I'm right here, I'll be at the other end. <laughs> I'll be, my, my, my pillow will be soggy and wet, but I'll be sleeping. And you're running around crazy, and I'll be down there sleeping. And you're running around crazy, and I'll be having dreams about the fish that we're going to catch. And I'm going to flay for you guys. It's going to taste so good. Because when Jesus makes you fish, it's perfect. And so they finally go to wake him up. Verse 38, Jesus was sleeping at the back. They go to him and say, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Not a very nice way to approach Jesus. It would a nice way to say, hey, Jesus, we're a little bit of a mess. Can you help us out? i be like, don't you even care? Get up. You know, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Because this is not the last time that we've been in, this is not the first time we've been in a boat where there was a storm. This isn't the last time that people have needed something and I've showed up. This is not the last time, why are you guys still afraid? Worrying, why don't you guys have any faith still? The disciples were absolutely terrified, and they said, who is this man? They asked each other, even the wind and the waves obeyed him. Isn't it something when you see God, and you think, man, I, I know everything there is to know about God. I see God clearly. And then you go like six weeks later, or six months later, and you're like, oh, he's a lot bigger than I thought. Because they knew Jesus. And here they are. Here you, They say, who... Who is this guy? Like we knew he could talk to us, and so we would listen. But he's telling the wind and the seas to lay down. Like you're, these, guys, some of these guys are professional fi- fishermen. You know they were impressed. Like you just told the we, we got. And I know some of the disciples are like we got to try that trick later. They're like who is this guy? Are you are you kidding me? He he can make the wind and the seas stop too. Like we've seen him feed five thousand people, we've seen him raise people from from death to life. We've seen him bank people who couldn't see to have to have sight. We see people that, that had arms that were crippled and God stretched them out. We've seen God do some amazing things, but now we're out here again and He's making wind and the waves stop. I got a Facebook message last night from one of our friends, and uh, she's down south. Her and her husband, and she said, "I," she said, "I, I'm out here on this ocean and I'm watching the sunset." And she says. I've never felt so close to Jesus in my entire life. And she said, thank you. And I'm like, I didn't do anything. But she met Jesus at this church. And you know, what it's, you know what's crazy? When you first meet Jesus, like, oh, man, creation's cool. But you don't know what's a lot cooler than creation? The creator. Like, it's one thing to appreciate creation. But when you understand who the creator is, you're like, oh, dang. That's what's up. That's, that's, that's really, really, he's really, really big. I, last night I got home, I was headed home, and I was like, trip, the sun's setting, isn't that cool? And, um, I took him to the barber shop yesterday, and he gets home with getting his hair cut, I only went because, I'm like, the guy's like, what do you want, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with your hair, my son's hair? I'm like, I don't know, I just cut it. My sister's making fun of him. I have to take him to get a haircut. And she's on the front row. And so, um, he says, what do you want? I was like, I don't know, my sister said he needs a haircut. i to clean him up, I don't know, fade it up a little bit. I'm like, this works for me. Try this. I don't know. And, uh, he has the nerve to tell my barber, he goes, you like a trip? And Trip goes, nope. <laughs> With a name like Trip, that's what you get. So we walked outside, and I tried not to punch him, you know. And I said, son, are you going to give him a tip? And he goes, he just, he just I don't know if Diana's in here, hopefully, because she'll be, oh, there you are, dang it. Um, he, just walked out of the, he just walked out of the place. So I said, I walked out and played it cool. I'm like, what's up, son? We had matching outfits on. It was our first time going to the barbershop, so I had a gator shirt on, he had a gator shirt on. I had khaki shorts on, he had khaki shorts on. He went to go put his sandals on. He's like, oh, dad, I don't want to wear those ones. I'll wear my black one so I can match you. And um, he's cute. I lost my brown sandals. That's a whole other story. So I walk outside, I said, son, you've got to go back in there. He just does this. He said, why? I said, because you have to go tell him thank you for the haircut, because you do like it. And whether you do or not, you now know you do like it because I just told you that you liked it. You know, when you, Brooke and Tyler, when you have kids, you tell them what to like. You know and You're, you're going to like this. You know, if not, you'll sit there forever, you know? And, and uh, so I said, You're going to go in there and you're going to tell him I appreciate it. He goes, Why? I said, Cause That's what you do when you go to a barbershop. You tell the guy I appreciate it. I said, I paid him for you. I tip him for you. But you go in there and tell him I appreciate it. He, said, he walks in there. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it. He didn't even want to open his eyes like, Appreciate it. I said, So we don't act like that. You know, and I don't believe in spanking in public. And so. Wait till we got home. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I just said, son, you can't, you can't do that. We find ourselves in this story where the storm is going crazy. You're like, why were you telling that story about your son? I just remembered why. As we were going home, I saw the sun setting later that night. I said, son, isn't that cool? He's like, no, I don't really like that one. I like it when the sun is still up a little bit and I can see the red and the blue. I'm like, no one asked you. you know. I'm like, that's cool i God, I said, you know, God created that? And he's like, I don't know. Let me have your iPhone. You know, he doesn't care. But she said, I, it's one thing to experience creation, but it's a whole other thing to experience the creator. In this movie, we see three phrases. I want, to, I want to give them to you today. And I think disciples were thinking the same three phrases that some of these guys were thinking, some of the things that these guys said in this story. But here's the first thing we see these guys say in this movie and in this trailer. Number one, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. You're like, Wes, how could you get that? You know, when I, use the, when I think about the word him, I typically always capitalize H because i am tried to figure out how I can get God in every story. You know, if that's a pastor thing or if that's a, if that's a thing that you, we all should do. But I'm like, him, I'm like, oh, capital H. And I, out of my mind, let was listen to it. I'm like, man, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. And I, I realize this, that they're sitting in this story, and Jesus is saying to the, they're sitting there, and the disciples are like, okay, now we got to go get him. him, him down there. we got to go get him. <laughs> we got to go get him now. Because if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't even be here. We, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. Let's, let's go wake him up. And, and I want you to know today, if you're in a storm, I want you to know this today, that Jesus wants to show up in your storm. Look, he hasn't showed up yet. He wants to. He's about to. He's probably working greater than you think he's working. I think sometimes we think Jesus is his front show, his main light in the front and spotlight. But a lot of times Jesus is working backstage. Whether you believe or not, Jesus is working out your storm. The winds of seas are about to stop. He's going to orchestrate that to happen. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. I love the testimony of Josh. He leads our men's Bible study. And he's like, man, I, I'm losing my job. He, he works for sports Authority, and it's closing down. He's been knowing that. He's been looking for a job, and his last day this was supposed to be August. Now they've moved it up to July. And, and I just see his faith over social media. He's just saying, speaking into it like, God, I know you're going to work it out. God, I know you're going to work it out. God, I know you're going to work it out. I love that because I'd be like, bailing water. Trying to make it work myself. I would have been like, you know, and he has enough character to say, I'm going to stick out with this company and, and finish out my, what I told him I'd be there. I would have been trying a different job, and I would have been out of there. I'd be like, deuces. You guys are closing down anyways, you know. At least give me a pair of sneakers, you know. That's what I would have been saying. But I'm but he's like, you know what? He knows that he wouldn't be where he's at if it wasn't for him. I saw this quote this week, and I think it's important for you not to get it. Jesus doesn't mind coming to your most broken place. I told a guy yesterday, last night, the painter, they're starting to paint in here, you can tell, and it looks great, they, they work super fast, and we couldn't set up all this last night, we set all this up this morning, you're probably thinking, how do we do that? If you stay afterwards, we'll show you, but just—we just, we, teamwork makes the dream work, and so we, just, we, we did it, that last night, and we came here, did this this morning, and so thankful for that, and I was telling the guy last night, uh, his name is Bill, he owns a painting company, and there about six or seven guys in here, and they're cruising through this thing, and he said, You know, what's, you know, he goes, I've been in church a long time. I've done the, the leadership, the deacon thing, the elder thing, and I've done all that. He goes, I'm just looking for a church where I can just come and sit and just kind of listen and, and grow. I think a lot of times we, we catch people, they say, You know, man, I've been in church. I've already done the whole church thing. Can I just come and sit and maybe connect with Jesus? And that's what we want for you to say. And I want you, and Jesus doesn't mind coming to your most broken place. People typically come to church when things are falling apart, it's a great time to come. When things are going good or when things are bad, you can come anytime you want. Like I told you, Jesus doesn't mind being your last option. Works great if he's the first option, but he don't mind. He's glad you're here. We're glad you're here. God's not mad that you're here. I love when people say, oh, man, I'm too messed up to come to your church. If you feel like you're too messed up to come to church, you're in a perfect space. Because when you come here, Jesus wants to meet you, right, where you're at. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't. For him, I want you to know this, and this is something you need to get tattooed in your mind. God's, God's more committed to you than you know. God's more committed to you than you, than you know than you even think. When you think it's not going to work out, you'll see with God, he always, he's always working in your situation. It's your perspective that has to change. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. Here's the second thing I see here. We can only survive if we unite. We can only survive... If we unite, we're sitting here in this story, in the storm, in life, and things are going crazy. And in the story, Jesus says, Jesus is sleeping, and the guys are like, man, we're only going to survive this if we, if we unite. Like, who, do we, who are we going to unite with? Well, will actually stretch that one. They knew they needed Jesus. They knew they needed to go lay next to Jesus. They knew they needed to go wake him up. Hey, Jesus, we got a situation out there. We're, we're only going to survive if we unite. We're only going to survive if you help us survive. And in your story, people all the time, I I think some people all the time, they hate when Christians say, man, God wants to work out your situation. God has a plan for your life. He does. He wants to unite with you. He wants to come together with you. Even if it doesn't make sense to you, it makes sense to God. Even if it doesn't make sense to your friends, it makes sense to God. Even if it looks like it's not going to work out, God's working it out for, for his good. And you're good second. We can only survive if we unite, they say, in that in that movie, we can only survive if we unite. He says something else in that movie. It's not the next point, but I wrote it down it was in that clip. But he says, Our survival is only possible when we stand together. Your survival is only possible when you stand close to God and when you unite with God. I posted this this week. I think it's important for all of us to capture you can't do it all on your own. You need people in your life, you need people in Jesus. I said this to you last week, your greatest gift that you can give somebody else is a relationship with him. Now, I'll take shoes, you know what I'm saying, or jeans, either one of those. But the greatest gift you can give someone is relationship. That's the greatest gift you can give somebody. Carrie and Zach are here, and I coached their son a couple times, and I told you guys, she's a sales lady, so she talked me into coaching basketball, so now I'm coaching basketball right here on court 1A and court 1B, <laughs> And um, I, they're, they're, I, I, they came in this week, and uh, they were matching, Scott they, they both were, Zach and Carrie, and I was like, <laughs> matching your wife? That's what I thought, in case you're wondering what I thought, that's what I thought, but I was like, oh, look at them, they're matching, you know, and, but she dresses them, it just makes sense, you know, she, and I said, you know, I said, can I ask you a question? He goes, yeah, you've pretty much just say whatever you want now, we've we captured that by you, and she, I said, did she, like, when you married her and you started dating her, I said, did she take your dress code up? Like, did she give you style? And he's like, yes. And, and he apparently he needed it, you know what I'm saying? And, um, but we're better. I realize that, you know, we're better. It sounds like a silly illustration, but we're better when we're united with each other and with God. We're better that way. We are so much better that way. In this story, um, or I, I, this week I took trip. To go get a to, to go get the doctor, and Diane's like, "Hey, you gotta take trip to the doctor." And typically, she doesn't ask me to take him to the doctor, but she's like, "We're gonna go take the twins to the doctor on on Tuesday. You are gonna take trip by himself on Thursday." And I, you know, Dad's I I, I don't know a lot. I am I am not I'm not a great dad. I am working really hard on it, but I didn't know that you know I didn't start putting two and two together for a while. I am like, "Oh, kindergarten. Oh, kindergarten shots." And she's like, "Yeah, he may need a shot." I am like, "He may need a shot. Like, you don't know if he needs a shot. Like, everyone wants to know does he need a shot." And so. Hope's like, he's got to get a shot. <laughs> he's got to get a shot. So the next morning we wake up and then and he says, dad, I got to go to the doctor. Am I going to get shots? And as a parent, I mean, it's not okay to lie to your kids, but sometimes you got to lie to your kids. You know, you're like, we're going to the doctor. Do I got to get shots? I'm like, I had no idea. Son, I wish I knew. I, I'm not the doctor. How do I know if you need shots? And so we're there and I'm listening to the doctor from the first. So I walk in there and the doctor says, oh, you know, you're five, Trip." And Hope, how old are you? I mean, he next, she says to Hope, next time you get shots will be when you're 12. You're going to seventh or eighth grade, something like that. I was like, oh, that's cool. And so I'm like, well. And so Trip looks at me and he's like, so that pretty much means I'm I'm getting these now, huh? And he didn't get one shot, and he didn't get two shots, he didn't get three shots, he got four shots. And so he's brave. He's, he really is a he is a really a brave kid. I know my my both of my brothers, last my brother-in-law and my brother, both called him soft last week. But he really doesn't mind. He is he is kind of tough. And last last yesterday, we took the trailer back, and he um he wanted to punch the code in to get the trailer out of the out of the yard um at the, at the where we stored it. So I let him. We took the trailer off, and he gets on the back of the, the truck, and he hangs on back there for dear life. And I drum him, I said, right, "Put the code in." He, he he's just a tough kid. He loves doing stuff like that. And so he says. So I came over next to him, and two nurses walked in to give him the shots. I'm like, this is not good. I'm like, all hell is break, about to break loose. That's what's about to happen. I mean, I don't know a lot, but I know that all hell is about to break loose. And so he says, she goes, all right, Dad, you're going to go up to him. You're going to hug him from the front and squeeze him with a death grip. I hate when doctors, doc, nurses tell you that. And some of you guys are like, oh, man, I don't want my kid to turn five. Well, he, it's coming. Get ready for it. And so I go, and I— I squeeze, I squeeze, he puts his head on on my, on my, on my chest. And I have to death lock him. So I've got him squeezed as tight as I can. And the nurse says, all right, Debbie, are you ready? They're like, so happy. Are you ready, Debbie? You know, I'm like, I'm not ready. (laughs) I'm going to count to two, one, two. And they're like, bing, bing. Well, the, the, so they get that. And she's like, all right, Debbie, you ready for the next one? So she grabs me. And I'm watching her on the right. She's fumbling. And I'm like, man, you're fumbling. She's killing it, but You're fumbling. And so we see we go from this working out, doing hers well. And so she gets some with the second one, and she never gets some with the second one. And I'm like, come on, rookie. Come on. Tighten up. And so she, she finally gets it, and bam, bam, well, he was so mad. But you know what I realized? He just wanted to be in so tight with me. He was, we almost became one. That's how tight I was squeezing him. was how tight he was squeezing me. And and can I tell you this? It's better when we're like that with Jesus, when we're just locked in, super tight. It's just better that way. And the story says, man, we can only survive if we unite. It says a third thing that I think is important. He says, "There, we never had a chance. We never had a chance." In 1996, he convinced these people that if we all come, if we all unite, if we come together, we can defeat these guys. Twenty years later, they're like, they, it's, I mean, "We don't, we, we don't even, we don't even have a chance. We never had a chance." And here he goes, "We didn't." The guy says right after this in the movie, "He goes, we didn't last time either." I want you to know this today. Wherever you're at in your story, wherever you're at in your situation, you don't have a chance without Jesus. It's just not going to work. Like, how do you know? I don't have a lot of experience. 33 years is not a lot. I know that. I, I know I'm just figuring this out. I've only been a pastor for 10 or 11 years. I know I've got a long way to go. But just the short 11 years I've been doing this, the 33 years I've, I've been alive, and, you know, I know, I, know I, was, I didn't learn a lot between I was there and four, but I, when I got five, I, learned, I knew everything at five. You can ask my dad. From five to 25, I knew everything. 25 to 33, I realized I know nothing. And so it's a great place to be. You don't have a chance without Jesus. The disciples, man, we can't make it. We're not going to make it, guys. We don't even have a chance. Let's go wake them up. Let's go get them. We need them. Go. We're only going to make it if we unite, and we never had a chance. Let's go Go get them. And I don't know who they talked into going first. Maybe they're like, you go get them. I'm not waking Jesus up. You Remember when you were a kid, you do not want to wake your parents up? My kids, they don't want to wake Diana up. If they do, she is not happy. Not happy. And so they're like, Hope's always suckering, tripping. And my 8-year-old's always sucking. My 5-year-old go going to do it. She's smart. She's like, I'll give you candy. I'm like, I hear her sometimes. I'm like, you don't even have candy to give him. She's like, well, I'll give you, I'll give him money. I'm like, you don't got any money either. She's like, yeah, I do. I'll get some out of your drawer. And you you go get him. We, he says here, we never, ever, ever, ever had a chance. Let's go get Jesus. Let's go get him. Let's go, let's go, let's go tell him we need his help. Can we do something today? As a, as a church, you know, we're having fun. We're having popcorn and drinks. But You know, we didn't bring you here to have fun. Well, we want you to have fun. We, want, we think church ought to be fun. We think church ought to be, in, not, it shouldn't be endured. It ought to be enjoyed. I've been in churches that were boring. We like to laugh. We like to have a good time. We like to, you know, we like to party together. We like to eat together and drink together. We like to have a great time. But you know, what I, you know what our best times are? When we're closest to Jesus. That's our best times. When we're seeing people's lives change. By Jesus, Can we take a moment today and can we just, can we reunite with him? Can we tell him, God, we I don't, God, I don't have a chance without your help. I need you. I was telling Bill last night right there, in center court. I said, you know, I just, every day I wake up, I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I have no clue what I'm doing. And he's like, if you just keep that attitude, you're going to go a long way. I'm like, I don't, man, I just, I'm just trying to make it day to day. I'm trying to just, I said, honestly, you know what we do? I, we just try to love people and introduce them to Jesus. That's that's our that's our, that's all we try to do. That's all, we, that's all. He's like, that's it. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty simple. I said, and people just come ask them if we can help them. say, yeah, you can help us. We just we're just loving people and we're we're loving people. We're talking about Jesus. We're having Jesus conversations, loving people, and and that's all we're doing. And between that, we do a little bit of work. That's just all we're doing. Let's go there. As, let's go there together as a church. Let's go there together. Let's just go to Jesus together. Let's bow our head and close our eyes.